Welcome to our podcast and thank you for joining us. Today we will be discussing the multifaceted issues surrounding commercial shipping in the North Atlantic white whale after a semester exploring the relationship between ocean biodiversity and ocean policy. My name is Malia Vega and I'm a freshman at Williams College studying biology with a concentration in environmental studies and maritime studies. And my name is Zach Deco. I'm currently a sophomore at Williams College studying math and economics. So as Malia mentioned before, we're taking the time today to talk about the issue of strikes between commercial shipping vessels and the North Atlantic right whale whose population is in serious jeopardy as a, as a result of these ship strikes. Current policies are not doing enough to maintain the population, so we did extensive research into potential solutions that we would like to advocate for today. It is important to note also that if there is no change, we currently run the risk of creating an allele effect and the North Atlantic right whale becoming extinct by 2045 at the current rate of decline. At the moment, we're only looking at about 400 North Atlantic right whales left in our oceans. This number should shock you as much as it shocks us. And this stat is not only shocking, but quite serious. The North Atlantic right whale species are ecosystem engineers, which means that they are essential for preserving and maintaining ocean biodiversity. Through the whale pump, they are responsible for cycling nutrients between different levels of the marine environment, which is needed to sustain ocean biodiversity. Due to their migration patterns and their large presence in warmer surface level water, these whales are often found in the shipping lanes during warmer months off the coast of New England, which has created the problem we hope to address today. This issue is further complicated by balancing protecting this endangered species with society's need for shipping vessels to deliver needed goods in a timely manner, which, as expected, requires access to efficient shipping routes and ports. So to start off, we'd like to start by addressing current policies surrounding the speeds and routes of large vessels and our suggestions based on our research. Even though speed limits and shipping routes have been effective at minimizing the impact of the shipping industry on the North Atlantic right whale population by 80%, any further declines in this species can cause serious implications due to the allele effect. To re-emphasize, with no additional changes to current po policy regulations, this species will become extinct in 2045. So we had the pleasure of speaking with Caroline Good, a large whale ec ecologist at NOAA, who spoke more on the topic. My name is Caroline Good, and I am a large whale ecologist with the Office of Protected Resources at the National Marine Fisheries Service in Washington, D.C. The National Marine Fisheries Service implements a series of seasonal management areas along the U.S. East Coast. Within those areas, when they're active, most vessels 65 feet and over are required to transit at speeds of 10 knots or less. And there's some vessels that are exempted, including uh, military vessels and search and rescue enforcement vessels, that sort of thing. But most vessels do have to adhere by the, to those uh, speed limits. 
The seasonal management areas are found in regions where there is an overlap of right whale habitat and um, high levels of vessel traffic. So this includes the entrance to many of the East Coast ports, including ports of Boston, New York, um, entrance to the Delaware Bay, Chesapeake Bay, Moorhead City, North Carolina, uh, and then all along the Southeast Coast, we have the entrance to Charleston, um, Harbor, Savannah, Brunswick, Jacksonville. And also there is a seasonal management area that extends east of Cape Cod into the Great South Channel, which is a known foraging area as well for right whales. And basically the, the sort of mid-Atlantic and southern areas are active between November and April of each year. And the seasonal management areas up in the northeast around Massachusetts, Cape Cod, and Great South Channel are active between January and July. So Caroline mentioned that these speed limits apply to vessels over 65 feet. But we were wondering, what about the vessels under 65 feet? Unfortunately, over the past year and a half, we've had four right whale vessel strike mortalities in U.S. waters. And, oh, excuse me, I should say four vessel strike events, two were mortalities and two were serious injuries. And three of those involved uh, small vessels under 65 feet. With this knowledge, it's pretty clear that speed limits need to be implemented to all vessels and not just those over 65 feet. So in addition to extending the speed limit in these seasonal management zones to all vessels, we'd also like to introduce the idea of additional port incentives for the large commercial ships, such as docking space and unloading priority, in order to reduce their speed. Caroline speaks to existing policies in New York that have proven to be quite effective so far. Uh, yes, we recently completed an assessment of vessel compliance with our mandatory speed regulations. And I can say in particular, looking at the port of New York, which also has um, this port incentive where you know they are um, providing these incentives and payments to vessels coming to slow down, we saw a particularly high level of compliance with the port of New York, particularly given that it is the busiest um, commercial port on the Eastern seaboard. So um, we do strongly suspect that that program is responsible for the particular high levels of compliance that we're seeing uh, by the large um, merchant vessels going into that port. It should be a priority to encourage this practice to all ports, as it is quite clear it's effective. We also propose an alternate route mandate for three days following whale sightings and a mandatory slowdown in the area for 15 days following the sightings of these whales. This will create a separation between vessels and whales, which is essential if we want to decrease collisions. Yeah, Malia, it really reminds you of driving in slow school zones, doesn't it? Why would you not slow down and avoid areas filled with children that could potentially run in front of your car? I think it's important that we approach the issue of whale collisions with a similar mentality. Slow down and avoid the area as much as possible. However, it's important to remember that these suggestions do not come, out, come without their own problems as well. It's a difficult task envisioning how feasible these types of policies are on a ship, so we found an opportunity to speak with former captain of a NOAA research vessel, Bill Mowat, to learn more about the perspective and responsibilities of a captain out at sea. I'm Captain Bill Mowat. I'm a member of NOAA's Commissioned Officer Corps. We primarily operate NOAA's fleet of research ships and aircraft. Uh, my current job is I'm the Deputy Director of NOAA's Uncrewed Systems Operations Center. Uh, so dealing with uncrewed aircraft and and vessels for doing research. 
but my last job was as commanding officer of the NOAA ship Henry Bigelow, based in Newport, Rhode Island. And when asked about his responsibilities, this is what he had to say. Their number one job is to, to keep the ship on course and uh, keep from running into rocks and other ships. Um, and so that involves monitoring traffic and you know navigating the ship, understanding where they're uh, where they are at all times, and, and what are the traffics in the area and what that traffic is up to uh, to make sure you're not going to have a, a collision uh, or another sort of bad day at sea. Um, they're also responsible for uh, you know some oversight of, of what the crew is doing, uh, what, the, what the ship's plant is doing, although there are engineers that are more closely monitoring the plant. Uh, so really, um, safety of navigation is, is their sort of minute-by-minute responsibility on the bridge. Um, and I, I, in terms of you know whale detection and avoidance, I think you, you find a wide variety of, um, of knowledge and willingness to comply um, depending on, on what sort of traffic you're dealing with, what sort of ship traffic you're dealing with. So, um, you know, whenever you're requiring on looking to people to, to voluntarily comply with things, I think you're going to always end up in that wide range. Of some people are going to be really diligent and do the right thing, and, and some people aren't going to give a hoot. Um, so if there's any way to make it easier and require, you know, take some of that... Um, reliance on people's discretionary energy away, but give them some technology to help them do the right thing, you're, you're going to get better compliance, right? So if there was, um, you know, ways to monitor whale location and can convey that to ships in a, in a way that's useful and accessible to the bridge officer, right? Like that can make their job easier, and now they're going to be more likely to do the right thing. As Phil mentioned, technology is necessary to increase compliance among captains. In order to get rid of the human discussion involved in the decision, having the technology to alert captains of the presence of a whale is crucial. With this idea in mind, we explored the tech field in hopes of discovering a solution. We came across a breakthrough technology designed by Daniel Zittebart, who is the lead scientist behind the development of the smart cameras that utilize infrared scanners and AI technology which works to instantly notify captains when a whale is in close proximity. He was able to speak more on how the system works and the challenges they faced in designing it. I'm Daniel Zittebart. I'm an associate scientist Edwards Hall Oceanographic Institution, and I work on developing technologies to detect wildlife autonomously, mostly uh, marine mammals, large whales, and some penguins. Thanks, Dan. Could you elaborate on how the technology works? It's actually rather trivial. So you have a, you have a camera. It's a thermal imaging camera. It's a commercial off-the-shelf camera. And um, then you, you, know, you compare... Um, how the images, tiny little pieces of the image change over time and how the intensity changes over time when you have thermal anomalies. And whale blows, their signatures have a specific um, spatial temporal um, shape in that sense, you know, like a whale blow looks. And you can train an artificial intelligence to detect that over all the other clutter that there is. You know, the clutter might be pieces of the boat, might be glare from the sun, might be breaking waves. The true clutter that really is trouble is very small birds that sit on the surface and start behind waves 
they can look very much like a, a whale blow. So you have to track the birds to subtract them. Uh, there might be small other vessels that are very far away and come you know, in, 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 into the picture, into the swell. So there's a lot of noise in a sense that creates thermal signatures. And uh, the key part is to find a solution to get rid of all that thermal signature noise and only keep the pieces um, which are the whale. So we're studying the North Atlantic right whale. Have you any evidence of this technology working to identify right whales? Uh, two weeks ago, where we for the first time tried this technology specifically on right whales. So, you know, we knew where right whales were. We were in the water. We stayed a kilometer away and we imaged them to see how well does that uh, system perform with right whales specifically, because we did a lot of work with humpback whales just because they are so abundant. And um, you, if you really want to know specifically how well does that work for that one species, you've got to test it on the species. And we've done that now. Now that's some impressive technology. After learning about how there are less than 400 North Atlantic right whales left, this technology is one of the solutions that is full of hope for saving this suffering species. Finding meaningful solutions to prevent collisions between whales and ships are of utmost importance. Another reason we are so heavily drawn to Daniel Zitterbike's smart camera system is because of its ability to be placed directly onto these vessels to provide instantaneous notification to captains. After researching numerous forms of whale sensing technology, including sonar and aerial imaging, it was clear that autonomous sensing is the way to go when it comes to whale detection. So this is because the camera system, unlike sonar, does not emit harmful sounds that will threaten the behavior of these mammals. And unlike aerial imaging, this system does not rely on any human-based operation where error can be likely to occur and communication delayed. To conclude, however, Dan also stressed the importance that there is no silver bullet to solving this issue. In order to really tackle this problem, we need to ensure that the speed limit of 10 knots is applied to all ships and not just those over 65 feet. There also needs to be alternate route mandates to ensure that these dangerous vessels are avoiding areas where there is clear evidence of the presence of a North Atlantic right whale. And we'd also advise for the implementation of the port incentives discussed previously to be applied to all ports across the coast of New England. And finally, we are excited to see the development of technologies such as Dan's AI camera system that will pioneer marine mammal detection on commercial ships all over the world. In closing, we would also like to thank Katie Hall and Tim Pusek at Williams College for their support in making this project come to life. We'd also like to thank our three guests, Caroline Good, Bill Mowat, and Daniel Zirbart for their help and con contribution to this podcast. And thank you to our listeners for taking the time to listen in and educate yourself on this pressing issue. By spreading awareness, we can collectively work towards preserving the North Atlantic right whale species and thus preserving the incredible biodiversity of our oceans that we all rely so heavily on.